a family business founded in 1977, Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven is an award-winning garden and lifestyle destination. Find an unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments at our stores in Lachlan Bridge, County Carlow and Kilquade, County Wicklow. Arboretum.ie Tuesday nights from 6 until 7 on KCLR. This is The Garden Show with Paul Smith. Brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie Hello and you're very welcome along to The Garden Show this week. Uh, this week we have a few guests on. We have Mary Keenan from Gash Gardens um, over in County Leash and she also is the editor of the Irish Garden Magazine. We're going to catch up with her. Uh, we're going to catch up with Mark from Hardy Mount Gardens over in County Carlow. And in our how-to uh, slot with the Arboretum, we're going to be talking to Anne Sinnott, the plant manager in Kilquade, all to do with herbs, summer salads, direct sowing, and planting out your summer bulbs. So now, before we start anything else, I'm going to go to my plant of the week. Plant of the week has varied over the past couple of weeks. I've went from trees to shrubs to different things, but this week, for the week that's in it, I've decided to pick a plant uh, that's kind of has a bit to do with the Chelsea Flower Show. So this is Chelsea Flower Show week. Um, it is, in terms of gardening, kind of the Christmas week of gardening. There's a lot happening in gardening terms. And in 2013, the Chelsea Flower Show was 100 years old. And when it was 100 years old, they announced a plant of the century. And every year they announce a plant of the year. A plant of the year is an important thing, but when it's a plant of the century, you know it's a good plant. And that plant is a plant called Geranium Roseanne. Uh, lots of people think of geraniums and know them as potted plants, but this is actually a hardy geranium, uh, far better than the potted plant, not frost tender. Uh, the lovely red geraniums that you grow in pots are great, but geranium roseanne is a blue ground creeping geranium, um, really, really prolific. It's a sterile plant, which means it doesn't set seed, it doesn't spread all over the place, but it spreads to about a metre all the same. Uh, it blooms for months on end. It starts blooming around June, goes on right until October time. Another thing people do at this time of the year, and particularly this week, it's something called the Chelsea Chop. And that's basically where you go around your garden. If you have perennials, if you have plants that you think are a little bit sort of tired or you want them to flower later, you basically just go and you chop them down. You can even take a lawnmower to them if you're very, very adventurous. But the Chelsea Chop is quite literally chopping down plants that are just about to flower. And it seems totally and utterly ridiculous. And it seems wrong. And I've done it myself. But it does work. Because what happens is the plants regrow within a couple of weeks. Because at the moment, with all the heat and the wet and everything else, plants are just burnt to grow. If you cut down your plants now they really will fly it in a couple of weeks uh, and you'll have flowers later on. So instead of having early flowers, you'll have later flowers. So Geranium Roseanne as my plant of the week, absolutely one worth getting. Really, really good plant easy to grow, tough as anything and it is plant of the century. So one absolutely to look out for. The Garden Show on KCLR with Paul Smith. So that was Tiny Tim with Tiptoe to the Tulips. Uh, I couldn't resist. Uh, we have Mark there just about ready to go, but Owen Carey, who comes on after me here in the evenings, uh, mentioned this last week, and he sort of said, you can't do a garden show without this, and Owen knows a huge amount more than music than I, so I said, right, fair enough, and uh, in fairness, yeah, it was worth it, so uh, thanks for that shout-out, Owen. The Garden Show on KCLR with Paul Smith. 
And so here on the line, I have Mark McKeever from Hardabout Gardens over in Tullow in County Carlow. Mark, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Mark, you guys taken over the garden there for a while. Um, can you just describe Hardymount to anyone who hasn't yep. been there before? Yep, we we, we took over uh, four years ago. Uh, it's a dower house. Uh, the main house is called Castle Moor, which is a ruin across the road. And it's got a small wall garden, uh, of course, of an acre or something, and about two acres of, of shrubs and things outside the wall garden. And it belonged to my mother-in-law, Sheila Reeves-Smith, and she was a very keen gardener. So the opportunity came for us to move, and uh, we thought we'd have a go at it. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, 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 it's full of perennials in a sort of grid system, and uh, I, I never realised that she actually spent her whole life gardening. So, and I normally spend just my weekends doing it, or, or evenings because I work but full-time. In Dublin, so uh, a different story when you have to do it like that, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you yeah, know. But it's a very special garden. It's got a very nice atmosphere. I mean, the house, the house we, we thought we might do Airbnb in time and a few other things. But it's really the garden. We, I, I'm, I'm a gardener, so uh, antique dealer and a gardener, and it was really the garden that I fell in love with. You know, so it's, it is. It's, it's a very special place. It's a beautiful place, and there's a lovely, as you go into it, a lovely Spanish um, chestnut tree on the way in the driveway, and it's just a beautiful setting. It's up in a lovely part. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we we moved in, I think, as I say, four years ago. Sheila died five years ago, and uh, about a week after we moved in, half the one big branch of the Spanish chestnut fell down. So I hope that wasn't a gnomon or something, but it, <laughs> the Spanish chestnuts rejuvenate quite easily. So it's, it started to sprout already. So I, I take that as a good sign. Good, good. So uh, things are looking up. And uh, I mean, you're around the garden there. I, I know you're heavily involved in the Carlo Garden Festival, as was Sheila. I met Sheila a few times. She was alive and she was yes. quite the character. And I know Carlo Garden Festival. Yeah, she was, she, she, she was, she was, a, she, she was a very, very definite, strong character. As I say, she spent her life in the garden. And, uh, and I know now when I'm doing doing things in the garden, she's looking at me going, oh, God, you're not doing that, are you? <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> it's, it's, and it's quite hard when you know a garden really well. I mean, I, I design gardens for other people, but when you know, when it's your own garden or you know it very closely, it, it, it's much harder to decide what exactly to do. And yeah. I mean, I do want to change things in, in, in ways, but you know, that's it. the that's decisions it. are harder. Yeah. And, yeah. and just quickly, I mean, this Mark, week, this, Sorry, yeah. uh, just no, just about uh, this year and who's coming over there this year because I know you're heavily involved yeah. in the Carlo Garden Festival. So who? Yeah, got- for, for the for the guy for the for the for the we're we're open every day, you know, in the afternoon. Uh, but but for, for, for uh, on the first of August, we have Seamus O'Brien from Kilmacurra, um speaking, and he's talking about this a summer visit to the deserts of Ladakh, but also about his own garden as well. So it's, it's one of his travels he's talking about, and he's a very inspirational speaker. He's a great speaker, you know. So I mean, I, I think he should be should be fairly interesting. Yeah, we, no, uh, we will show you as well. Yeah. And he's a great yeah. speaker and uh, interesting guy. So that'll be a that'll be a good one to watch out for on this year. He, he, he's pretty dynamic. We were, we were at um, I was at a, a conference once when Roy Lancaster was at it. He, he sort of went to the Great Plants one, and he sort of went, you know, and he's the one that's most like me. You know, it's very good. So, you know, yeah, no, I think so. That's exciting having him anyway. I mean, yeah, being so close. And also, he's doing great things there in Kilmacurra. So it'd be interesting to hear about that as well. Yep, absolutely. And 
Just for anyone listening in who wants to find out about that, uh, can you get information on Cardo Tourism? Uh, is that where you find out yeah, more? Yeah. And everything? Yeah, Cardo Tourism. And, and we have a, a Facebook page and a, and a Instagram page under Hardy Mount Gardens. So that it's not up yet, but it will be up shortly. Uh, but, but Cardo Tourism have, have a list of what's on, you know, for the, for, for the festival. I mean, it's, it's Eileen or, uh, organized it and she's ultra efficient, you know, and you always learn from, like if you go to Altamont and you hear different speakers, you you always learn different things, and it's often the ones you don't expect to be interesting are quite interesting. You know, just having yes. the time to go to the world. <laughs> Problem, yeah, never heard of. Um, yeah. But yeah. look, brilliant, uh, Mark McKeever from uh, Hardy Mud Gardens in Solo. Thanks a million for that little um, snippet there. And anyone who hasn't been over to Hardy Mount, uh, certainly worth having a look. Thanks a million, Mark. The Garden Show on KCLOR with Paul Smith. Brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie So I'm joined on the line here by Mary Keenan. Mary is down in County Leash. She runs Gash Garden. She's also the editor of the Irish Garden, among many other things. Uh, how is it down there, Mary? How are you? It's a lovely day today, uh, Paul, and I'm looking forward now to spending a few hours in the garden this afternoon. A rare treat with all you're doing at the moment, I hear. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a busy time of the year for everybody that's involved in gardening. When you throw the mix of the, the Irish Garden magazine into it, it certainly keeps me on my toes anyway. So today is a day in the garden. Excellent. Um, well, and just yourself, you've had an interest in and you've done a lot of different things. But as gardening, that's always been one of your main passions and, you know, gardening and plants, that's always been at the heart of it, has it? Well, certainly I, I grew up in gardening, Paul. Um, you know, my dad started the nursery in the garden that we have here in Gash. And uh, I suppose from the time I was a small child, I was pricking out seedlings of annuals and always sort of tagging along with him when he was, you know, doing work in the garden or doing work in the nursery. And uh, when it came to sort of choosing career, when I hit the end of secondary school, I don't know that I even was given much of a choice in what I was going to do. He kind of gently nudged me towards horticulture. Um, but, you know, it has been a, a fantastic career to have been involved in. Um, I went and I studied horticulture at, at UCD. And after I graduated, I spent a few years teaching um, on the horticulture course, the National Botanic Gardens. And uh, of course, that was a great opportunity to spend so much time in the lovely gardens there as well as, uh, you know, working with the students. And um, then I went sort of for a period working with St. John of God and um, mainly working in horticulture therapy. I suppose the bulk of my career has been spent in local authority. I've spent nearly 20 years working in one of the Dublin local authorities uh, in public parks management and particularly in latter years on street tree management. Um, and I also took a period uh, away from the local authority with career break for a few years and I worked with the Tree Council of Ireland because I'm quite passionate about trees particularly um, and very much enjoyed that time. And then in the last few years, I have taken on the role of editor of the Irish Garden magazine alongside, um, you know, continuing to develop and work at my own garden and nursery here with my husband, with Ross Doyle here in, in Gash as well. So it's been quite varied. Um, as you said, you know, plants gardening has always been at the heart of it uh, to some to some extent. Um, and, you know, I certainly um, am quite happy with the direction it has brought me through life. Great. And well, never a dull moment, that's for sure. No matter what you're doing, there's always something. And being a gardener, there's always something to do, no matter what time of the year. So it's uh, uh, certainly never a career you'll be idle in or never bored. <laughs> and, <I don't> know. <laughs> sure. 
Um, and so you're now like you're down there, but you're running the garden as well as the magazine. Uh, just to describe Gash Gardens, anyone who hasn't been to it before, um, and just explain a bit about when you're open for anyone wanting to visit, if that's okay. Sure. Well, the, the garden is in near Castletown village in County Leash. People in know Castletown is a very picturesque little village that won the tidy towns many years back at this stage. Yeah. And my late father, um, developed, started developing the garden in the early 1980s. So it's nearly just 40 years in, in development at this stage. Um, originally from farmland, my father was a dairy farmer and he did the unforgivable of turning four acres of his good farmland into a garden. Um, for a farmer to do, but, yeah, incon- inconceivable at that time, really. Yes. Um, and you know, he 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 just was a passionate. He had a great passion for sort of nature in the first instance, and that evolved into an interest in gardening and growing plants. Um, and uh, you know, he had a vision, a dream of making this garden where he could grow plants that he he liked to collect. Um, and that's how it came about, more or less. Um. And over the years, you know, he started from a blank field. We had just a farm hedgerow down one side of it, farm drain running to, through it. Um, it's on the banks of the River Nore. And uh, he began, first of all, just putting in specimen trees and boundary hedges and all that sort of stuff to develop the structure of the garden. And he used the, the, the farm drain that's within it to create water features. Um, there's a lovely walkway by the River Nore as well. Um, and, you know, it has become, I suppose, in, in the last 20 years, especially a destination for gardeners who particularly have a keen interest in plants because both he and I are avid, were avid plant collectors. Um, so we have quite a collection of, of different plants in the place. Um, you know, close to our house, it's quite cottagey in its feel. Our nursery is a cottage garden nursery. It's not your typical garden centre. We don't stock everything that, you know, everybody expects to find. We tend to grow kind of an eclectic mix of plants that are in the garden and propagate them ourselves. Um, and then the main garden itself, uh, there's, you know, there's various island beds and borders with a lot of perennial planting in it, which peaks in summer, um, but also good structure of, you know, shrubs for year-round interest and trees, particularly which come into their own in the autumn time. So we're open to visitors from May until September. Uh, this year we are opening... Um, on Wednesday of every week from 11 until 5 p.m. And we're open from Monday to Saturday then by appointment. And that's not intended to put people off by any means. Uh, people are very welcome to come. It just means that there are certain days when with my other work that I do with the Irish Garden magazine and that I may not be here. And it gives me some bit of flexibility. But people are very welcome to just email or phone. All the details are on our website, um, gashgardens.ie, to find out you know how to just make an arrangement to come and visit if our normal Wednesday opening doesn't suit. So that's a sort of a potted potted view of the whole thing, Paul. Great. And well, as you say, it's a garden. I've been there. I've only actually been there once last year with you, but uh, not, it's a garden of loads and loads of plants. But it's also some people who just collect plants just have, you know, dots of plants everywhere. But the one thing about your garden is uh, it's put together really well and it's a great collection of plants, but it's also a beautiful collection of plants. It's not like a a stamp collector's garden. It's a really lovely space to wander around. And uh, I know it's quite a, quite an extensive garden, actually, four acres for anyone. I mean, four acres is a big space, but when you garden it, it's a uh, it's a monster space, really. So it's um yeah a lovely spot and well worth anyone who's over in that area to come up down, especially on the Wednesdays when you are uh, open fully. And just you mentioned there about, you know, your other work and all of that is obviously uh, taking up a lot of the time. And the Irish Garden magazine, for anyone who doesn't know it, um, a great publication that you can buy in all good uh, news agents and corner shops around the place. That's really gone from strength to strength. Um, 
in the last couple of years. Uh, that's been one of your, I suppose, projects and one of your main um, main things keeping you busy at the moment, it's fair to say, isn't that it? Well, I've been long involved with the magazine. Like it's over 30 years in existence at this stage. So I've been a contributor to the magazine pretty much since it started. And my involvement then as editor has been in the last three years in particular. Um, up to that point, Jerry Daly, who began the magazine, has been, you know, the long-standing editor. And he's still very much supportive as a consulting editor to me in my work as well. Um, but it certainly has become, you know, central focus in my life um, in the last couple of years. And it's fantastic, you know, that it is continuing to go from strength to strength because, you know, I suppose with all the sort of online stuff nowadays, you know, people do wonder, you know, there's still a, a, a future for print media. But certainly, you know, gardening magazines in general, I think, um, you know, are withstanding that whole online presence because it's a different thing. People hold on to a magazine as a reference thing. You know, they, they enjoy it in their leisure to sit down and have a cup of coffee and read through it and thumb through it and go back to it and whatever else. So we're fortunate that, you know, the, the whole uh, print area continues to grow. Um, and certainly, you know, in the last uh, couple of years, uh, I've enjoyed bringing new elements into the magazine as well. Um, you know, in more recent issues, we have um, begun to focus more on the smaller gardens. Uh, we have some of the, the designers that are members of the Garden and Landscape Designers Association are sharing with us some of their design solutions. We have small urban gardens. Um, we, you know, um, sort of moving towards uh, having, I suppose, more balance of um, focus also on growing your own food, growing your own vegetables and that kind of thing as well. Uh, Kitty Scully has recently joined our contributors and uh, she's focusing on growing particular crops and things like that. So, you know, it's 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 always evolving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, there's always something there. There's always something different. And in the most recent issue, uh, something that is very handy for anyone looking to go out, looking at gardens this summer, is the Gardens Open feature, which is a really good little thing for anyone who hasn't seen it before. Um, and the magazine, as you say, is evolving. You've got new contributors all the time and it is just a great publication. We're going to have to leave it there, but Mary Keenan of Gash Gardens in County Leash and also the editor of the Irish Garden Magazine, thanks a million for having a chat with us here on The Garden Show. Thank you very much, Paul. And anyone who wants to go over there, uh, the garden is open uh, at certain times throughout the year. Uh, now, just going to go to a quick break and we'll be back with a team from the Arboretum to give you your little expert tips on herbs, simmer salads and direct sowing. The Garden Show on KCLR with Paul Smith. Brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie I'm joined on the line here by Anne Sinnott. Um, every week on The Garden Show, we're bringing you advice uh, from everyone down in the Arboretum. And Anne is up in the plant, or Anne, Anne is up in Kilquay uh, in the Arboretum there, and she's a plant manager. Uh, how's it there this morning, Anne? What's it like? It's lovely, actually, uh, Paul, this morning. Um, windy, but very sunny and, and getting warm, so enjoying it. Good, good. Yeah, it's one of those days, I think... Um, Seems to be all over the country today. I know we're doing this um, kind of going out later on because it's such a busy time. But yeah, nice time of the year. And as I said earlier, it's Chelsea Flower Show week. So it is sort of peak gardening uh, time, isn't it, this time of year? Absolutely. Everybody's loving the weather. Everyone's out and about. And everybody has a sense of kind of uh, catching up with, with after the, the wet March. So there's a nice buzz. Yeah, great time of year to get out and to do a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're here this morning, or this afternoon, or this evening, as this will go out, uh, to talk a little bit about 
or summer salads and direct zone planting out your summer bulbs. Kind of everything to do in the garden that you have to do to get your garden set up. So just in terms of salads, and uh, what salads can a gardener grow at home or is it pretty much whatever you like? Yeah, there's a, a great range. You can either start off from seed or you can buy the veg packs, which would have a, a super range of them here. Um, so you can grow lettuce, radish, beetroot, spinach, peas, there's cucumbers, uh, lots of herbs as well that you can grow. Um, so really it's just about a matter of getting, getting stuck in and growing what you like to eat. Really this is what I always say to people. Don't grow stuff that you're, you're not that keen on, but pick things that you like to eat and give them a go. Yeah, that's a great one. People, you know, it's easy to grow a certain veg, but if you don't like turnips, for God's sake, don't plant hundreds of turnips because they will grow. Exactly. Especially if you don't like them. Uh, that's what I yes. do. The plants you don't want will always grow better than the ones you do, no matter how good or what you are. So yes, that's true. Very good tip. And seed is probably the easiest way when it comes to starting off all those salads. Uh, but you can also buy little plug plants, can't you, at this time of the year? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, it, it's a bit of both really because there is a super range of seed, but there is also a super range of veg packs. And a lot of people like to use the veg packs now because they're just started. They're just baby plants. So they're very easy to handle and pop in and you still feel like you're growing them. But also you can grow from seeds um, if you have the time and the prep to look after them when they're growing um, and to be able to protect them as well from the, the pests or the birds or cats or whatever it might be in your garden. Good so there's point. options. Yeah. It, it takes a little bit more looking after the seeds, but it's always, I find a good idea if you buy a pack of the kind of plug plants at the same time you buy a pack of seed, and you'll get guaranteed results from the plug plants and hopefully you'll learn a lot from growing them all the way from seed too. So it's a yeah double win, I guess, if you do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just you mentioned briefly there about the herbs. Uh, are there easy herbs to grow? Uh, you know, I know we can go and buy them now in supermarkets and what have you, but are there some ones that we can sort of establish in the garden and have uh, a little bit longer term than just kind of these trolley herbs we have? Yeah, there, there's lots uh, growing from seed. I suppose you can grow basil from seed very successfully if you just hold your nerve and sow it from now onwards. Don't sow it too early. Yeah. Um, and again, there's a great range of herbs that you can buy in little, small little pots. They're, you know, they're only a few euro each um, and you can have great success. And there's a lot of them that would come back every year. So you're not buying them every year. Um, you could grow the perennial herbs like your chives, your mint, your oregano, lemon balm, fennel. There's loads that will just come back every year so you can set up a little herb garden. Um, and then there's also the shrubby ones as well that you could even put into your mixed border like rosemary or thyme or even lavender if you consider that a herb. Um, so there's there's lots of options in herbs um, as well. Okay, so it's not just the ones that you get and throw away, like, as you say, it's a basil, but you can also get ones that last for years and years. And I guess it's about picking up part of the garden that's easily accessed from the garden and that you can get to when you use them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, set up a little pot beside your house or beside the kitchen door or beside the barbecue uh, where you can just pick the herbs as you need them. I mean, I would consider herbs as part of um, salad. I would always have herbs in the salad anyway. Um, so I'd always have a nice range of it if it's chives or thyme or basil um, and just pop them into the, the salad when you're making it. 
Yep, great tip. And the other thing is with them, it's important that you use the herbs. If you just grow them and let them go huge and wild, they sort of get a little bit unruly, don't they? It's better to kind of be always at them and always cooking off the odd leaf off of them that you can keep them fresh and keep them nice and young too. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And you, everybody will know if you if you grow or if you buy uh, basil and you leave it on your windowsill and if you're not picking the leaves off it, it's just going to get leggy or it'll even start to produce flowers. So yeah, take the scissors to it and chop it back and uh, it'll keep producing new leaves then. And yeah, the same goes for everything. Uh, one thing to remember about mint um, is to keep that contained in its own separate pot because it is a spreading plant and it loves to spread when it has the space. Um, and there's there's so many different types of mints now that you can get. Like there's apple mints, there's chocolate mints, there's orange mint. Um, so it's a matter of uh, personal taste, really. I prefer the, the good old fashioned garden mint, but it is important to contain it into a pot or it'll just take over your herb garden. Yeah, no, that's a great piece of advice because uh, we've all been there. Anyone who's gardened, if you've put one mint into the ground and forgot about it, it does take over. Great plant, yeah. great for lots of things, but yeah, you just need to watch yeah. it. Don't don't let it run too much into the garden. You mentioned there exactly. too, about chopping down uh, the herbs, and that's also applies to certain salad crops too, doesn't it? There are what they call cut and come again salad crops. There are. Um, I mean, I you can buy the packets of seeds that say specifically cut and come again lettuce or uh, salad leaves are the ones to watch out for. And we have them in packs as well where you can buy the actual pack of salad leaves and it'll just be a mixture. So what happens with those uh, ones is they won't form a crown or a head like a, a typical lettuce. They'll just form lots of leaves that you can just pick them off as you need them. Um, so if it's just you or just two people, you don't need an awful lot of lettuce. You just pick them as you need them. But I would always say to people as well that you can do that with lots of lettuce. It doesn't have to be the, the leaves. You can do it with butterheads. You can do it with Lala Rossa. You can do it with oak leaf. Um, very successfully, uh, just pick off the leaves as they're developing. So you're leaving the plant growing in the ground um, and it'll just keep on producing new fresh leaves for you rather than removing the whole head and then you have to eat the whole lettuce. <laughs> yeah, great. That's the other thing. It's storing it too. You know, it's so hard to store those salad crops, but the plant growing in the ground is the best way of storing it. So let the plant do Absolutely. the work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Very good tip. Uh, very good. Uh, and just in terms of the containers and stuff that you might grow your salads and your herbs and all those things in, you can pretty much plant all these things. You don't have to plant them in the ground if you don't have a garden. They'll all work in various different containers, won't they? They do. Um, people um, are kind of tight for space, I suppose, or they're wary of putting salad crops into the ground because they're worried about um, slugs and snails. So we in, in the Arboretum now, we have a great range of different containers that you could plant your veg in. There's a lovely elbow um, veg planter on legs. So it's raised up, so it's very easy to access. And there's lovely Tom Chambers ones that are tiered uh, for herbs or Again, wooden ones on legs that it's raising it up and very easy to access. Um, so, but there's always containers that you have around the garden that you might look at and think, Oh, I could grow some lettuce in there, an empty pot, maybe, or an old crate. You can just line it and put in some lettuce and grow away. And then you can keep it beside your barbecue area or beside your back door or on your windowsill and off you go. Great. And that's a very important point, like we said with the herbs. Keep them nearby. Don't have them, you know, if you have a big, long, narrow garden at the other end, because uh, when it does come time to make a sandwich, you're not going to 
feel like, I know it's not a huge journey, but we are all a bit lazy and it's always better to have them as close as possible to the kitchen when you're cooking or when you're doing yes. some yeah. problems yeah. as you need them. So great. Yeah. Uh, that's a great tip. I'm great that you can pretty much. So all of these, particularly salads, shallow rooted plants, you know, potatoes and carrots, a little bit different. But when it comes to all these green things, uh, they don't need a huge amount of space and you can grow them in any container you can get basically. Yes, pretty much. As as long as it's safe uh, to to grow something in, um, you know that it doesn't have it, it didn't have paint in it or something like that, and you're putting compost in. Make sure that it's clean and safe, or buy the ones that I've mentioned there from the arboretum, um, and then you know that it's clean and safe. Um, and the fact that they're higher up beside you as well means that you can see the slugs and snails. Um, and you can pick them out because they will probably find your veg. Uh, but if they're closer to you, you'll be able to get rid of them quicker. Yeah, because they are going to find them no matter what. So yeah, great tip. Keep them, keep them high, keep them out of the way. Um, yeah. And just and before we finish up there, uh, summer bulbs. I know you know frost is now past, and it is time to start thinking about apart from direct sowing out all these uh, fruit and veg. But summer bulbs and all of those type of tender plants. Now it's perfect time to start putting them out, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And while we might be finished with the actual bulbs in packets, uh, we'd have a huge range of summer bulbs um, like the dahlias and gladioli and begonias and that all in pots, all ready to go. Um, And there's some fabulous dahlias that you can plant out and we'll give you a lovely display of colour for the whole summer. So yeah, it's a great time of year, perfect time to get out and to do that. And yeah, there's so much happening in the garden, so much happening everywhere. Um, Anson from the team over in Arboretum and Kate, thanks a million for talking to us here on The Garden Show. Thanks, Paul. The Garden Show on KCLR with Paul Smith, brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie so uh, we just had Anne on there earlier on, uh, talking all things to do with herbs, summer salads and answering lots and lots of queries I'm sure people had about that. But I'm going to answer a couple more of your listener questions now. Um, this is our last show, so as a result, this is the last couple of questions I'll get to. But as ever, if you are passing the Arboretum either in Carlo or Kilquaid, pop along, ask them questions. Uh, they have a wealth of knowledge and a load of experts there. So if you have any questions, it's always worth going in and asking. Uh, gardeners tend to be a generous bunch and happy to share information. First question in I've had from Jur asking about the best way to deal with slugs and snails. And this is one of those questions that just uh, you kind of pull your hair out because it comes up all of the time. Um, loads of different ways of doing this uh, some not so nasty, some quite nasty uh, it really depends on how you garden it depends on what you want to do it, it varies from people literally go out in the dead of night and pluck snails and slugs off their plants uh, in their nightgowns or you can go and look at the various uh, options to actually kill the slugs and snails uh, people who often pick them in the middle of the night will feed them to their hens uh, if you're doing that obviously you cannot go out using any form of slug pellet be it organic or non-organic I tend to garden organically I don't like to use silk pellets, but occasionally I will use them. I'll particularly use them undercover. Uh, the thing about silk pellets, the big problem is they're eaten by the birds quite often and often they're eaten by other critters. Not often the critters that eat them is a problem, but it's the critters that actually feed off of the things that are uh, the dead slugs that will actually get killed by them. So it is important to try and avoid using silk pellets where possible, particularly the old, old-fashioned ones had, I think, formaldehyde in them. They were pretty nasty things. So if you can at all avoid them, there is another option. It's quite a unusual one, something a little bit different, but these are things called nematodes. 
Nematodes are little tiny roundworms, and they're basically like these microscopic um, beings that actually attack the slug, uh, and they eat them from the inside out. Quite gruesome, really, but they are a natural way of actually dealing with your slugs. And you get them, you buy them online, you buy them, they come refrigerated, and you basically just water them over your plants, and they live in the soil, and they will actually feed on the baby slugs and that type of thing. So nematodes are a good one to possibly think about if you have a huge infestation and you're looking to garden organically. Their uh, nemeslug is generally the product to look out for. And once inside, these nematodes release bacteria and they stop them from feeding, basically, and they basically kill it. They are environmentally friendly, safe for children, pets and wildlife, and they are very good. The only thing about these nematodes, you do have to actually make sure the soil is nice and warm when you use them. But it is worth doing. The other thing, of course, the old traditional beer trap. Uh, we all have a bit of kind of dodgy beer in the back of the cupboard. Might be worth taking it out. Uh, or sinking a pint glass into the garden and allowing the snails to die Quite a nice natural death, let's say. Uh, loads of ways of doing it. Now, another question that's came in um, has been about regular fertilising uh, in the garden. Is it good or is it bad? Interesting question. Uh, I think in days of old, we were always told to fertilise the garden and, you know, you're a good gardener if you're putting out your nitrogen and your phosphorus and your potassium and all of that. But really and truly, you can over-fertilise the garden. Quiva has asked this, and it is something that happens very often. People will actually put too much fertiliser into the garden, and by putting too much fertiliser out, weirdly, you can actually make nutrients from that you want in the garden not available. So it's a very complicated soil science as a whole branch. I could do a whole show on soil science, but I'd bore the absolute pants off of everybody listening. Um, not worth talking about. But you do have to be very careful when it comes to putting too much food onto the garden you can have too much of a good thing, particularly those high uh, feeds, so the things like blood, fish and bone or those grow more products, you can put too much of that on. It's always a case of less is more. It's always a case of read the packet. If the packet says put out a handful, only put out a handful. There's no such thing, you know, there's one for me and one for luck. Do what the packet says. It is really important because you can, if you're a little too generous, actually make your soil too rich and you can make it that it's not actually possible to have everything you want growing there. And finally... In from Liz, there's a question about making homemade compost. Can you make it? How easy is it to make? You can absolutely make it, Liz. Uh, Loads of different ways of making it, from buying a wormery that will do all the work for you to actually just building a compost heap. The way I do it, which is the easiest way I find, is just pile it up in a corner of the garden. I'm quite a lazy gardener. I don't like to do too much with it. Chop it up as much as possible, all your bits of branches and twigs and your cloth clippings and all of that, and try to add in brownery too. So what I mean by that is shredded paper, cardboard. You can add all that into your compost. Turn it over if you want. Truth be told, I only turn it over about once or twice a year. It's not the most amazing compost. It doesn't look like the stuff you get from the bags, but it is a great eco-friendly way of dealing with all that waste, and it really does work very well. The Garden Show on KCLOR with Paul Smith. So that's it. Uh, that's it for today, and that's it for The Garden Show. Uh, it's our last episode, and before we go, I just want to give very quick thanks to a few people, to Etna and Martin and all the team here at KCLR for everything and keeping me. I have no idea about the tech side, but they've done all of that and kept this show on the road and going. Uh, of course, to our sponsors, the Arboretum over in Carlo and in Kilquaid. Uh, great places to go to. Absolutely worth a look at any time. And we're just going to sign off today with a little bit of snow patrol and chasing cars. Thank you for listening and happy gardening. The Garden Show on KCLOR with Paul Smith. Brought to you by Arboretum Home and Garden Heaven. Transform your garden with our unbeatable range of plants, trees, tools and treatments. Arboretum.ie